Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 55 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about why every creative needs a wolf pack with my friend, Elizabeth Henson. We cover topics that range from wolf packs, masterminds, and some behind-the-scenes business stuff. We talk about what a wolf pack is and how it's different from a mastermind, and why it's important for creative entrepreneurs to have a wolf pack. Then we get into who should be a part of your wolf pack and how you can start building relationships and finding people you really connect with. We also talk about ways that you can make sure you're being a good member of a wolf pack for yourself and others and supporting people in the best way possible. I'm excited to talk about this topic with Elizabeth because after connecting through a few different groups and events, I've seen how she puts this into practice firsthand. Elizabeth Henson, owner of Elizabeth Henson Photos, is a heartfelt wedding photographer and passionate coach for creative dreamers and overachievers. She helps women who feel stuck in their day-to-day spread their creative wings and make money doing what they love. Elizabeth settled into entrepreneurship after career hopping and finally leaving the 9-to-5 grind. She now runs a full-time photography business where she specializes in weddings for couples who believe in finding laughter in love. Her photographs have been published in magazines, books, and online. She is equally well-known for her passion to help other women succeed in their own creative business endeavors and dreams of a world where any woman can make her living doing what she loves. Yoga and 90s music keep her grounded, as does spending time with her husband Mark and two daughters Gracie and Madison. Elizabeth's mission is to grow her creative community, Creatives Live Happy, and provide support to emerging creativepreneurs everywhere. Hi, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining me. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so I just read your bio and did a little introduction, but can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? I love telling this story, and I'll try to make it a little bit of a condensed version. So I originally grew up in Durham, North Carolina, and I was always an art student. I took every photography class I could. And my mother was an artist. She actually still does pottery and ceramics for a living. So I kind of grew up, you know, with my little desk in the corner of her studio. And I just remember her always telling me to do what you love and find a way to make a living doing it. And for whatever reason, it just really stuck with me. And I knew I always wanted to be my own boss. I just had no idea how to get there. So fast forward to college, which is how I ended up in Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is where I am now. Um, I went to Old Dominion to play field hockey, and I majored in fine arts and decided to pursue graphic design instead of photography. So I ended up career hopping graphic design, started coaching field hockey myself, and then landed a teaching job, which was awesome. But I still had that entrepreneur mindset. like I knew I wanted to be my own boss. So right after I got married, I finally decided to dive back into photography which had changed very much since the darkroom days. I had to learn all the technology behind it and how to use these digital cameras and started my business in 2013. And then in two and a half years, 
I was able to quit teaching and spend more time with my kids and kind of grow this business. <laughs> so it's been a, a long, twisty, curvy road, but I finally figured it out. <laughs> That's awesome. I think the only field hockey game I have ever seen is when my husband played in the students versus faculty fundraiser game this past year. Oh, really? Did he like it? He loves it. He's not very good um, <laughs> because he's never played, but it's a lot of fun to watch them. Oh my gosh. It was my life for half of my life. I mean, from playing when I was in middle school to college, you know, I sat the bench at a really amazing program. We won a national championship and everything. But uh, part of me thinks that that is why I'm a good entrepreneur because I'm kind of used to being the underdog. (laughs) Yeah. I've noticed that entrepreneurs who are really dedicated to this. Also had so many activities in high school and college. Like I did just about everything you could do. And we learned how to manage our time really well. Yeah. I mean, whether it's sports or, you know, playing an instrument or SCA or student government, all that stuff, like we kind of understand commitment and having to work really hard to get something. (laughs) Okay. So today we're talking about why every creative needs a wolf pack. And so I want to start with having you explain what exactly a wolf pack is. So wolf pack is just a term that I use to describe your business related tribe or your business BFFs or even a mastermind. Most of us know the importance of having a tribe or community. There's so much literature around this. And we talk a lot about it as far as our brand voice or our audience or people that support us. But I look at my actual wolf pack as the people that really get it, the people that I can talk business with in a totally transparent way, and they have my back. So it's kind of just a fun word that I have always used for my little business BFFs, for lack of a better way to put it. And it's essentially a mastermind, but taken to the next level where you really know each other and you can really let that competitive guard down and talk about anything and everything in your business. Okay. So that was my next question is how is it different from a mastermind? Because you and I are both sort of in masterminds right now. And I know that you are hosting one for photographers. So how is this different from what people might think of as a mastermind? So the wolf pack is kind of a more a more casual term for it. It's like your business buddy or your posse. You can have a wolf pack that isn't paid. You know, I have my wolf pack, my girlfriends that are, you know, entrepreneurs, and then I have paid masterminds. And a paid mastermind is a situation where you might be investing yourself in a situation where you could potentially meet your wolf pack. And a lot of this really just depends on where you are in your business. So my wolf packs, you know, they change and they evolve and they grow. But there are a few of them that we were new in business together. So we met at free meetups or another photographer's Q&A that we invested in. And we were like, hey, let's just go meet at the beach and practice. And we just grew our businesses side by side. And that happens a lot. But then there are also women, you know, like you that I've met through paid masterminds that have kind of found a way to be in this wolf pack life. So I think they can go either way. But a wolf pack is really just your business tribe. It's not necessarily your audience, but it's the women or, you know, men that you can really talk deep business with whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, I think that Sometimes, you know, we have paid masterminds or like something that's a little bit more formal and it's a way to get to know people that then you can continue sort of leaning on and supporting later. 
And it's so important as a creative because we need those people. And a lot of times they're not in the people that we see in our day-to-day life. Yes. And that's one thing that I'm loving about the online masterminds and learning how to actually meet people through social media is there are women out there that I connect with instantly that I would have never met locally because maybe they're in California or wherever. And I think that that's been really cool for me with all the masterminding and stuff online. So how has having a wolf pack been important for your business? And how is it important for other people? So something I have found out as I grew deeper and deeper into this entrepreneurship is that I almost feel farther and farther away from my friends in the real world, as I like to call it, or, you know, they're working a nine to five, or some of them are stay at home moms. I still love them to the core, but it became more and more difficult to talk to them about my business. And having people who really get it, who are in the thick of it with me is something that's completely priceless. We need to talk about these things as creatives, especially if you're a verbal problem solver like I am. My friends, you know, that are still teaching or that are growing their careers in corporate America, they do not want to dig into my launches or my problems with my email (laughs) list or how to automate things and how to hire somebody. Like it's two totally different worlds. And I started to notice that it just became really difficult to talk to those people about it. In the beginning, it was easy because it was like, I'm taking pictures, let me practice. And But the deeper I got into this entrepreneur journey, the more difficult it got. And the more I really, really needed women that understood it that I could really lean on. Yeah, I definitely found the same thing is there are real life friends and it's great to have them and we need them, but you can only go so much in depth in your business. You know, you can tell them, okay, I design websites or I photograph weddings and you know, this is my struggle, but it's hard to go any further because they're just not in it. They don't understand what SEO and an email list and funnels are. So they don't, you know, have the sort of knowledge to help us and support us in the way that's going to get us to the next level in our business. You know, they're there for the moral support and everything, but not necessarily, you know, business support. Okay, let's dig into this and figure out what we can do. Yes, exactly. And, you know, they still play important roles in my life. I mean, there are specific women that I call on when I need help in mommyhood or, you know, in my marriage. But the women that I call on for my business, it's it's a very different, yes. different animal. <laughs> yes. And even, you know, my husband hears me talk about business a lot, but even he gets so confused sometimes. He's like, I don't understand what it is that you're talking about. You know, and he hears and sees a lot more of it than some of these other people do. And so when I can talk to people and I'm be like, this is what I'm struggling with. It's so nice to feel like you're understood and other people have been there and they can help you really figure out what the next steps are. Yes, exactly. One of my Wolfpack, my business BFFs and I, we went out the other night with our husbands. And, you know, we got into this rabbit hole of a conversation about social media and like how it's so easy to support us as entrepreneurs. We're like, all you, we want you to do is to like or comment on our social media posts. And it has <laughs> nothing to do with our ego. This is about the algorithm, people. <laughs> and it was just this really funny conversation about you just need to hit the like button. It matters. It matters. <laughs> yeah. 
And those conversations are so different when you're looking at business versus people who aren't in business, because especially social media. And I'll, I go to church and I hear people talk about social media is, you know, having a bad impact on people. And we're all obsessed with, you know, getting more likes. And I'm like, but I don't care about the likes because I want people to think that I'm pretty. I want to grow my business. Like it's totally different. Yes. It's totally a different numbers game for us. I'm like, it has nothing to do with my ego. It is just that I want my stuff to be seen and we can't sell if we're not seen. Yes. (laughs) And nobody's going to understand this unless they're in it. So that's why it's so important. (laughs) All right. So as we start to build a wolf pack, who should be a part of that? Who have you found has really come alongside you and been able to serve in this role? So I think the most important thing that people kind of forget about when they're trying to network or find new business friends is that it needs to be someone that actually loves and supports the mission that we are on. So I can be friends with a lot of different wedding photographers, but the difference is the people who know me past the wedding photography that really understand why I do what I do. And they really, really believe in it. You know, So while I'm hosting masterminds or helping other photographers, my wolf pack is going to be people who really, really wholeheartedly, they believe in it to the point where they want to share it. I don't even have to ask them to like, to comment, to share, to put it in their newsletter. They want you to succeed. And that's really the big difference. It's easy to network. It's easy to have business conversations, but it's not easy to find people who wholeheartedly look at your life and your business and they want that success for you and they're visualizing it in only the way that you would. So to me, that's the big difference maker. And that's what makes it a little bit more difficult to find a Wolfpack member just as um, versus someone that you would just go on a coffee date with to talk business. So do you find that a lot of the people in your Wolfpack are in the same industry as you are? Do you try to branch out from that? How does that work? Yeah, that's such a good question. And especially the masterminds that I'm doing with photographers, I get a lot of pushback because they're like, I don't really want to mastermind with just photographers. I want to mastermind with a mixed bag of creatives. And both are important. So, you know, networking and chatting with other photographers is important because they can have conversations that other creatives can't. And also the diversity of networking with other creatives is also important. So they're both important. I just decided to kind of tap into the relationship of photographer to photographer because nobody else is really doing that in the mastermind world. But also the majority of my wolf pack, they are photographers. And Angie, the one that I mentioned earlier, she's like my queen wolf. We go way back to when we started our businesses. We were the ones hanging out with our husbands that I was just telling you about. and. She is a wedding photographer and she's in the same area in the same price range as I am, but she is my wolf pack queen. And that is because we both are seeing the future of our businesses that is, yes, wedding photography, but we're also exploring all these other avenues of entrepreneurship. You know, I'm doing the creative coaching and she's doing a lot of marketing, teaching, and things like that. And we really wholeheartedly support each other and want to see us take our businesses to that next level, that kind of online business with the email marketing and the sequences and the funnels and the podcasts. And, you know, we really think on another level. And those are a lot of the conversations that we have are, yes, about wedding photography, but also about 
this next level of entrepreneurship that we're really trying to get to. And we've even had conversations about a lunch date or a coffee chat. And we're like, yeah, they were really nice, but they're just, they don't think like we do. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but they're just not at that stage of really investing in masterminds, investing in their business, going to workshops across the country and growing their email list, you know? So even within your own industry, we can surround ourselves with people who want what we want and are where we're at or even further along, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think when you start out in business, I know that I struggled with feeling like people who did what I did are competition instead of somebody that can support me. And so I love that you have found you know, a way to work with these people who are in the same industry who other people might view as competition, but you're sort of so in each other's businesses, you know what's different and you know why you're not really in competition because you are both doing something different. And as you're growing, that's getting even more clear. So I love that you are not afraid of getting really close to people who a lot of people might be afraid to let those people into their business. Yes, people definitely fear the competition part of it. And to me, I think the more advanced and the more we know our ideal client, the easier that part kind of gets. So Angie and I are in the same city in the same price range. But our ideal clients look very different. There is some overlap. And we actually have the opportunity to refer each other. But we always laugh because even though she's at the top of my referral list, if I can't shoot a wedding, very rarely do my clients end up booking her and vice versa because we're just so different. Like if you go to our websites, it's a different experience. Our clients are different. They like different things. So I think that's been kind of a cool accidental experiment is to say, yes, we're best friends. And we even pass each other's name on all the time. But that doesn't mean that the people are going to book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's nice that we still have that relationship. And I think the more confident and comfortable that we get with our audience and our ideal client, the less scary it is to shine the light on someone else that's in our same industry. Yeah, I think that's so true. And as I have come to know who my ideal client is and the people that I love working with, and even the way that I do things, so the platforms that I work on, when I meet another person who does website design, you know, not all of that is going to be the same. And so they're not competition. They're just somebody I can have a conversation with that is going to be more in depth than somebody who's not in web design. You know, we can talk about things that other people have no idea about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Competition to me, it's a kind of a way of thinking and it's part of, you know, having limited beliefs. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if we can shine the light on other people, it makes us look good and confident and kind. And that's such a core value for my business that kindness and generosity and putting others first is always more important than the actual success of my business. You know, I'm going to find a way to feed my family no matter what it takes. And, you know, shouting out somebody else on Instagram or shining a light on another photographer is not going to to dim my light. I think that's the saying. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all really about helping our clients. And so if somebody can help them with something that I can't, then I want to give them that opportunity. I don't want to hoard everything to myself. Yes, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of that in photography too, with second shooters at weddings and things like that. And, you know, how much credit do you give your second shooter? And how many images do you let your second shooter use? And, you know, at the end of the day, my client is always at the forefront of my mind. So 
these are technically my client's images and I want her to have all the images and, you know, have a say in what happens to them. And of course, I want the other photographer to succeed. But more importantly, it's about my client being happy with the end result. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. So how can people who are listening start building their wolf pack if they don't have one already? So I think the first step is to place yourself in situations where you can meet like-minded people. And if you haven't done that before, and this can happen at free events. Like I said, I met Angie when we were both starting out. And that's where we were hanging out is at free events. But sometimes you can streamline the process if you invest in things like workshops, masterminds, in-person events. You and I have done social glue. We've gone to some arenas in-person events. Really just surrounding yourself with women who are where you are, but also where you want to be. So that's going to look a little bit different for everybody. Somebody that's you know just getting their business license isn't going to be investing in expensive masterminds. But somebody who is already making a salary and is now struggling to find other women that are where she at might be at a place where she wants to invest. I tell people you're not investing in the relationships. You're not investing in finding the friend, but you have to position yourself in places that you can find them, you know, because you can't force that perfect business relationship. It really has to fall into your lap. But that's not going to happen if we don't put ourselves in situations to meet them. Yeah, that's, I think, a big part of going to events or making the investment to do something where you get to meet people in sort of an, you have to go into it, not looking just to network to get referrals. It's looking to make those genuine connections and support each other. It's not just about, okay, I need to get so many business cards and send so many emails. Yes, exactly. And you know, as a photographer, I'm kind of lucky because I can always bring my camera to these events and offer headshots. I just went to the Implement Live event with Amber McHugh. And I brought my camera and I was like, told everyone ahead of time, if you want new headshots, I'm going to be there. And everyone looked at me like I had six eyes when they were like, how can I pay you? I'm like, you don't need to pay me. If this makes me memorable to you, then that's why I'm doing it. You know, like I can offer something to other people that maybe they don't have, or maybe they need, or maybe other people can't offer them. And I'm at the event anyway. So all I'm really donating is my time. And it's a way that they can remember me. You know what I mean? And I'm not in it to make money from their headshots. And I'm not in it for, you know, necessarily even the photo credit, but it's a small action that I can do at these in-person events to make people remember me. Yeah. So that's really, like you said, that's what it's about is not going into it with what can we get out of it, but what can we do for other people? Yeah. And I have some headshots from you from event we were at, you know, that I can just add to what I'm already using. And that was so helpful because I'm not a photographer. I don't have a million photographer friends to just go, (laughs) can you take some pictures of me? Yeah. 
And it's kind of fun. It gives me an opportunity to kind of talk with people one-on-one. And, you know, I don't do it at every single event. I always try to ask the person putting it on if it's okay. But it's just one little way that I can use my industry or my gift, you know, to help other people and create those relationships. Yeah. And I think we all can do that in little ways. You know, I could sit down with my iPad and look at people's websites for a few minutes to help them out. Like we all have little ways that we can help that just take some time and show that we really care about the people that we're meeting. Exactly. And I always go back to like my first year in business where I was just photographing anybody and everything that I could at no charge just to get my name out there. And I think sometimes if we can hang on to that power of gifting and networking, that it can take us, you know, a long ways in our business, even if it is five years later. Yeah. So once you sort of meet these people and you felt like, okay, I have a real connection with somebody, how do you then start building more of a relationship with them? So the important part, and I teach this in my mastermind as well, is that we're not necessarily crossing really deep into that friend zone. But sometimes we get a better idea of where people are in their business if we kind of know what's going on in their life. And an example that I love to share with the girls that join my mastermind or thinking about joining is one of my masterminds. We were working together for about four months and halfway in, so like two months in, one of the girls in the mastermind, this is a paid mastermind that I was in, you know, she was like, I've just been going through a lot and it's been really hard. And I could tell she wanted to share, but she wasn't going to openly share. So I said, is there something that you want to tell us? Like, what can we help you with? And she said, I'm actually a newly single mom and I'm going through a divorce. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like we've been masterminding for two months and I didn't know this about her. And instantly the four of us kind of like these walls just crumbled and we became instantly closer. And I was so much more invested in the success of her business just knowing that little piece of the puzzle of what's going on behind the business that now I wanted to share her stuff even more. I wanted to get her more clients because I'm like, this girl can do this. She can stand on her own two feet. And you know, there is an important factor of getting to know people past their business. But that doesn't mean that we have to all of a sudden now we're going to church together or now we're at play dates together. And you know, it doesn't have to go to that level. But I do think that to really dig deeper, we have to know what is going on that could be making our business harder. And that's how we can really dig in and help each other and become more invested in the success. Yeah. And that takes two sides. You know, somebody has to be vulnerable and open up and share what's going on. And everybody else has to be there to just support and not, you know, make them feel like they shouldn't have done that. Yes, that's such a good point that it works both ways. And it, it you know, it's with sharing too. So if you really want that perfect business BFF, that perfect Wolfpack relationship, you have to be willing to open up because there's a lot of relationships that will one person will open up and then the other person won't. Like in the wedding industry, it's like so taboo. Like how many weddings do you have this year? You know, so if somebody opens up the conversation and they're like, man, you know, I've got 15 weddings so far, but I really want to book three more. And then the other person is just saying, oh, yeah, well, I'm totally booked. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like this wall that's up now. And now they're introducing this feeling of competitiveness. So to really find those business BFFs, like you said, you have to be a little bit vulnerable and you have to be willing to be transparent. Yeah. And there's so much of this that comes into just being honest about what's going on. It's 
easy to put up, a, you know, an everything's great face on social media or with the people that you just meet on a coffee chat. But when you want to build a genuine relationship with a business person, with a life person, you actually have to talk about the hard stuff. And this is what I'm struggling with and ask for help, which is something I am not good at doing, but that's where these relationships are built. Yes, that is so, so true and so powerful because it's really easy for us to talk about our successes, but it's sometimes really hard to talk about what we're struggling with. Yeah. And I think the other thing sometimes we get to the point of is once we become a little bit more well-known or we're more of a, an educator in a space, we have to make sure that the people we are connecting with want to connect with us. They don't want just the influence. And we have to do the same thing. We can't connect with people because we want them to promote our stuff. It's about actually getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that so much of that stuff is the mindset too of knowing that you're giving to give and not giving to get something in return. Yes. And that can be a struggle. You know, I struggle with that sometimes. And so I just have to remember that it's worth it to just have the relationship with people. You know, I don't need something in return more than just a friendship or a conversation. Yes, exactly. And and I know like in my network too, you know, I try really hard to share what other people are doing and shout out other people and shine the light on others. And, you know, I am human. Like I fall into those negative beliefs sometimes where it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I've done X, Y, and Z for so-and-so. And now she's not helping me. Like we're all human, <laughs> you know, and we all fall into these thoughts. But I think the most important thing is that we know how to, you know, flip it around and say, okay, what's the most important thing here? Like, are my clients taken care of? Is my audience taken care of? And maybe this person's really busy. It doesn't mean that she doesn't care. It's okay. Like, I always say I constantly give myself pep talks. Like, that's how I survive in business. That's how I survived when I was on the hockey field. It's a constant pep talk. You can do this. You can do this. Do the right thing. (laughs) Be a good human. (laughs) Yeah. And you're always talking about the mindset stuff. And I think when you become more aware of it, then you can say, okay, this is just one of those things. It's a story that I'm telling myself that's not necessarily true. And so we just have to be aware of those things as they come up. Yes, exactly. And not let the negative thoughts take over. And I'm a very positive person. And, you know, like we talked about being vulnerable, one of the reasons I really struggle with that is just, I just don't like to let my negative energy out, especially not in a public way. And that's another reason why it is good to have a wolf pack. Because when I have bad days, and I need to just let it out, I have this group of women that can be there to kind of pick up the pieces. But it's not in my nature to verbally complain about things. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I worry that on social media, I'm like, well, am I even going to be relatable? Because (laughs) I'm just always like happy and everything's positive. And, you know, I'll post like one thing about having a bad day. And then my parents like freak out. Oh my gosh, what's wrong? (laughs) And I'm like, I have to humanize myself. Like I have to share a little bit of the hard so that people know that I'm real, even though sometimes it's actually hard for me to, <laughs> to be negative because it's just not how I'm built. <laughs> yes. See, that's the difference between people who are in business and who get, okay, yeah, you have to be vulnerable. And your parents who are like, why are you sharing this with the whole world? Yes, exactly. And I'm like, I know my phone is going to ring in like 10 minutes because my mom's going to see that Facebook post and think that something's wrong. And I'm like, no, mom, just human. Had a bad day, wanted to share it so people know I'm real. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we talked a little bit about this, but do you have other tips for how we can be good members of our own wolf pack and how we can be good members if we're in somebody else's wolf pack? Yeah. So we touched on a lot of this stuff about, you know, being transparent. That is such a good point that you brought up, but also really believing in what they do. So I talked about that, you know, from the other spectrum of like, someone's a good Wolfpack member to me if they believe in what I do. But that's also just as important for me to believe in what they do and being a better listener than we are talkers sometimes and kind of knowing when to be constructive and when to be supportive. Mm -hmm. So I have noticed that. I need my business friends. I need my wolf pack because sometimes I just need somebody to hear my idea and say, you got this, totally move forward. And honestly, it doesn't matter if they believe it, if it's a good idea or not. I just need that reassurance to have the courage to move on. But then sometimes I send them an email copy or a sales page and I need them to proofread it. So that's obviously a time to be constructive. So it's really knowing when they need that kind of hard feedback versus when they just need that kick in the butt. And then just being a good human. You know, I always try to treat people the way that I would want to be treated. So, you know, one of the reasons I love sharing other people's stuff so much is because that feels so good when you're on the other end of that to know that you have somebody that believes in what you're doing and they're willing to share it and they're willing to put it in their newsletter or whatever it may be. I love being able to be that person for somebody else. So treating other people how you want to be treated and then being transparent and believing in what they do. Yeah. And I wanted to say about the, you know, when to give criticism or constructive criticism and when to give support is when we started our most recent mastermind, this was a conversation that we had is how do you want to be supported? How do you want us to come alongside you? And, you know, how are you going to let us know if you just want us to support you or if you want us to give you feedback on something? And so having those conversations, because everybody is different in the way that they want that to happen and the way that they're going to perceive it is really important. That's so true. And that's so good that you guys had that conversation. Now I need to go back to mine and have that conversation. (laughs) It's so true. Sometimes I I just feel like I need to feel like people are supporting me, whether it's something small on social media or just really listening, you know, to my idea. But there's a lot of stuff that I need like actual help with. (laughs) You know, like Facebook ads, like I have no idea what I'm doing. And then, you know, the email marketing, I'm struggling with like the tagging and the segmenting, like there's some things that we just really need help. (laughs) Yeah. And I think knowing what you need yourself is helpful. Because there are days when I'll talk to my husband, I'll be like, Okay, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm so frustrated. And he'll offer solutions. And I'm like, no, I don't want solutions. I just want you to come and say, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. You know, here's a bar of chocolate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think that's every entrepreneur (laughs) marriage. (laughs) So true. So true. Okay. So is there anything that we didn't cover about wolf packs that you wanted to share or tips that you have for people? Well, I think really just knowing where you are in your business and you know, investing in masterminds is something that's kind of scary. And being on my end, it's something that's really hard to sell. But I think something that really helps people understand Wolfpack's masterminds, whatever it looks like for you, whether it's free, or whether it's paid, is that it's actually another form of education. So if you really rally and team up with other people, no matter what, same industry, different industry, they're going to know things that you don't, and they're going to have strengths 
where you have weaknesses and you can all kind of put your heads together. And instead of paying for that workshop on Facebook ads, there might be somebody in your Wolfpack or in your mastermind that can help you with the Facebook ads. And then you can turn around and help them with something. So, you know, I think people just don't understand masterminds. And that's, I've put together this survey and I've gotten almost a hundred results from it so far. And I'm shocked at how many people didn't actually know what a mastermind was, probably because they always look different. They always feel different. No two masterminds look alike. You know, some are bigger programs like we're in with Social Glue. And then some are these really, really small, super expensive, intimate programs. They always look different. But I think at the end of the day, it's networking, it's collaboration, but it's also another opportunity for education if you look at it the right way. Yeah. And I had an early episode with Nevika Vasquez talking about starting like a free mastermind. And so I think that could be really helpful if people are looking for how do we go out and do some of this and what does it look like and what do we need to put into place? Yes. And also, you know, like I said, it really matters where you are in your business, because I think what you need to ask yourself when it comes to free events or free masterminds, and you're starting to see the type of people that go to all the free stuff, are these your women? Are these your wolf pack? Are they either where you're at or where you want to be? Mm-hmm. And it definitely serves its place. I mean, my first two years, that's all I did is I went to everything free that I could. And that's how I met a lot of my people. But as my business has grown, now I'm in a place where it's like, I want to invest and I want to be surrounded by women that are at the next level. And a lot of people ask, why aren't your masterminds free? And I'm like, well, you draw in a different audience and you're all investing in each other showing up. So even the free masterminds, and she probably touched on this, is like, make sure you have some kind of agreement or contract. I've even heard of people paying the money, but then at the end, they give the money back to each other. Yes. And there's all these like cool ways like that that you can do it. Um, but I think mostly just knowing that you have a way to get the commitment out of people. Because if you do something for free, then there's always that something that's going to come up. And the whole point in the mastermind is to really invest in each other showing up. Yeah. And it's being committed to that. Yeah. And I think even those free events, you know, that you used to go to have their place even in your further along, but it's where you can go and help other people who are back where you used to be and sort of bring them forward and share your expertise. Yes, exactly. And, you know, putting the masterminds together that are photographers, I get a lot of those questions. Well, you know, I am this far in my business, like maybe I shouldn't be paired up with photographers that are brand new, you know, and of course, I do my best as the facilitator to pair people up accordingly. But I also tell people to consider the fact, do you want to position yourself as an educator? If you have any aspirations of being an educator, then you're going to want to surround yourself with the new people. Because I'm always I kind of have like all these different pods going on, you know, I've got my pods of like women who are making six figures, multi six figures. And then I've got my pods of women who are exactly where I am. And then I've got my pods of women that are newbies, because I know as an educator, I have to constantly position myself in front of the newbies as well. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap up with some of the questions that I ask to everybody. And the first one is, can you give me an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? So this one for me is definitely word of mouth and then repeat customers. Um, And this is in the photography side and the educational side. I really, I love people. I really love serving people. And that's 
one thing that makes my wedding photography business a little bit different is like, I'm not a style me pretty photographer. I'm not a perfect photographer. I love beautiful things. I love photography. But at the end of the day, what brings me the most joy is that I get to serve people. And I get to do this amazing priceless thing for my clients. And it's always been a little bit more about that than about the images for me. I think that when people find that connection, then they just want to refer me. Um, And I've never really had to do a bridal show or anything like that because I just get these little pockets of clients who are bridesmaids at each other's wedding and so forth. And really just the word of mouth. Yeah. So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Well, so funny because it's totally on topic, but really all things masterminds and meeting other women. Um, Like I mentioned right now, I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people in other areas. You know, I just connected with a social media strategist who's in Huntington Beach, California. And we just instantly connected. I feel like we're like Instagram BFFs now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was not any kind of paid opportunity. We just, um, I think she found me through Raina and she interviewed me for her summit. And we just have had the best time. And I'm just really obsessed with surrounding myself with these actionable women and meeting other people and doing things like this. I just think it's so fun. And then the second thing is, surrounding myself with these multi six figure entrepreneurs, because I just want that energy. Like, I just want to be around it as much as possible. Even if it makes my jaw like hit the floor, some of the things that they talk about, it's like, I just want to soak up all that energy. (laughs) (laughs) So all things mastermind. So if you've never done a mastermind, and you're listening, just find a way to start, whether it's free, paid, doesn't matter. But I just think you'll get really hooked on being able to have those deep and meaningful conversations. All right. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? Um, I'm really excited to see the entrepreneur side of my business grow. And I'm in this kind of scary stage where I'm really considering, you know, kind of making the official pivot. Of course, I want to continue to shoot weddings. But Angie, my Wolfpack Queen and I, we talk about this all the time that we get, it's kind of scary and exhausting the feast or famine that comes along with wedding photography. And the stress of like getting an inquiry and being like, I need to book this versus like, I want to book this, you know, and if my masterminds do as well as I'm hoping that they're doing, then I'm going to be able to make some of these pivots to being more of an online business mentor, creative coach. Um, And I'm just really excited to see what happens with that. And I've also got some aspirations with my stock photography. And um, I kind of want to get into some like high fashion portraiture photography, like all these crazy things. (laughs) All the ideas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But so I'm just excited to kind of see where that goes as my business continues to evolve and pivot. Um, You know, I've got two young daughters, so I can't continue to work, you know, half of the Saturdays in the year for for much longer. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. And so my last question is, where can people find you online? So my website is elizabethhensonphotos.com. And you can just do that slash education. If you want to check out my coaching for creative dreamers, elizabethhensonphotos.com slash education. If you're interested in the masterminds, it's just slash find your five, um, elizabethhensonphotos.com slash find your five. And that's built around the idea that you need at least five people in your life that you can talk business with. So my, my advertising campaigns for the masterminds is kind of built around that find your five concept. And then Instagram, I'm elizabeth.henson. Um, And then Facebook is just Elizabeth Henson Photos. All right. Thank you so much. 
Yes, this was so fun. I'm so glad we got to chat. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 